I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back, Atlanta sports guys. On a Friday afternoon, 99 The Games. Garrett Chapman is here. Garrett, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good, man. Good. Beautiful weekend. I have a day off tomorrow, mm. and I'm so excited. This is one of my uh, one of my very few days off that I think mm. I've had in months. Mm. And it's an unscheduled one. So it's one where it's like, I generally speaking, like when I have a day off, I actually just, it's because I'm going to a wedding. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going out of town or, or something's happening. And no, this one was just a, hey, you're good. And I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, it's a what are you going to do? The simple things in life, you know? What are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I already have like my entire day figured out. I'm uh-huh. going to, I'm waking up in the morning watching the Arsenal match uh-huh. with some friends. And then we're going to go to the Atlanta United match that evening. So it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of soccer. That's a lot of soccer. A lot of soccer. Day. A lot of soccer for one day. Yeah, man. Uh, there you go. I don't. No girlfriend involved in any of this. I just. She has it. a whole girls' day. Okay. Today, tomorrow. So, I'll mm. see her when I do. <laughs> man, you're burning the girl like the girlfriend day when you're off the whole day. A rare off day, and Garrett Chapman not prioritizing the girlfriend. She no. She already has a whole plan. She has a whole day plan with her friends. And to test to see how much you want to go above and beyond to see. <laughs> it's a test. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a test. Everything's a test these days, you know. I mean, as a married man, let me tell you, there are tests that you don't even know are tests, Garrett Chapman. <laughs> just when you think you have all the answers. Oh, I, I have no answers. That's I, yeah. I've just come to I've come to that conclusion. It's a better way to be. Like I, I know nothing, and I know uh, nothing. It's a, it's just people have advice. <laughs> if you want advice from me, it's like I don't know. I'm still figuring it out on a daily day to day basis. Um, I had Thai food for the first time last night. You would never had Thai food. No. What? What'd you get? What'd you get? Catfish. <laughs> what in the Tennessee, East Tennessee is that? You said catfish? That's not Thai food. <laughs> Do they have catfish in Thailand? <laughs> Dude, there's so much incredible Thai food that you could have. You're telling me you grew up in Atlanta and you never went to a Thai place here? No. No, man. Okay, okay. What you gotta do? Mm-hmm. My baseline, whenever I go get Thai food. And I'm serious, by the way, I did have catfish. Pad CU chicken. Mm-hmm. It's like a fl- it's like a flat noodle mm-hmm. with like egg and broccoli and chicken. And it's mm-hmm. like, a, like a sweet Thai chili sauce. Not Thai chili, but it's a, it's like this. Is it the ginger sauce type thing? No, it's ginger. Not ginger. Sauce? Okay. It's really good. I, I would really, really encourage you to do it. It's not, you can get it spicy. It's not super spicy. Mm-hmm. Not Actually, it's really not spicy at all, but it can be. If you mm. want it spicy, but uh, that's my baseline. I get it everywhere I go. That's like kind of like how I determine if it's a good restaurant or not. And I love Thai food. There's just one in uh, Virginia Highlands that's really good. So that's the one we went to. The one that's in the Highlands is the one we went to here in Knoxville. Oh, is it Surin? Chain? I think that's what it's called. Surin. I know Surin, mm. Thailand or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. We went over there. Is that one? The, is that the one in Virginia? That's Highlands? the one in the Highlands. Oh, I was there Surin. like a week ago. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. My uh, friend. Wait, so you seriously had catfish? Yeah, I did. It's called like, not succulent, but it was called something catfish. And it was, it's really good. My wife <laughs> was very was, upset. I bet it was delicious, but I mean. My wife was upset that I went with catfish. I, I'm a little upset that you went with catfish. It's okay. It's like, it's like you go to a, like a steakhouse and get chicken fingers. Well, sometimes I'm feeling like chicken fingers. What's it's fine. Just out? don't go to a steakhouse. Why? What if I want the ambiance from a steakhouse? steakhouse? Then don't go to a steakhouse. Go to go to Chili's. 
hey don't get me started now <laughs> let me tell you about a perfect menu folks oh god chilies i could eat every day of the week never get tired of it oh I, brother like chilies has something <clears throat> for every day of the week if i at like chilies is the rare perfect menu a lot of restaurants look for it they never find it. There are always some misses in a lot of restaurants. Chili's has no misses. food, man. They just put it in the microwave. No, I don't care what they do with it. It's all delicious. You cannot tell me you would not enjoy every single item on a Chili's menu. I mean, the food, it's over. It's very expensive, and it's like not It's not that great, dude. I don't know. I'm Hold not on. a Chili's it's not guy. That I'm saying if you got anything off the menu, do you think you would not say this tastes good to anything on the menu? I literally eat anything that's put in front of me. Mm. So you're probably not. So I like. I am the least picky eater you will ever find. So I, as you might be able to. T- oh uh, yeah, discern you're a picky here. eater. I'm an extremely picky eater. Oh man, it's rough. Oh man, that's a tough life. I I can't. I can't really. Like relate. onions, I can't stand. <laughs> like, tomatoes I, I are my number one. Tomatoes? Tomato- do you like tomatoes? No, I can't stand them. Tomatoes are the number one. Okay. Like I can't do it. I hate tomatoes. Yeah, but you like ketchup or something? No, I don't really like ketchup. Just like anything ketchup. Okay, that's fair. No. Okay. I, yeah, At least you're honest is... about it. You're up front. Yeah. It's okay. I Love mean, I like mustard. chicken fingers. Do you like mustard? You do like mustard? Love mustard. Okay. Love turkey. Okay. Chicken fingers can't go wrong. Can't I do in the wrong morning. Chicken fingers. I could eat the same thing every day and never get tired of it. I also like, if I had an opportunity to liquefy you eat to my live. diet. Huh? You eat to live. You don't live to eat. 100%. And That's it's fair. It, I respect it, that. I respect that. I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I will try anything and everything at least once. That's fine. I wish I, I was like anything. that. It's like one of those things where it's like, I know I'm weird. And that's what I tell my wife and everyone around. I'm like, I understand that I am the odd man out. Y'all are more normal and more adventurous. I wish I were like you. I, I am that. not that guy. I respect I respect I, it. I just can't. Can't do it. I, give I, it a try. Patsu chicken is one. That was the, that was the meal that got me into Thai food. I had and chicken parang. My friend uh, who we were with last night got this. Chi- it might be close to it. Chicken parang, panang. I don't know. Okay. Something like that. It was kind of spicy. Delicious. It had it had um, curry in it. Okay. Do you like curry? No. Do you no. like butter chicken? No. It's Indian food. Yeah. No. Butter chicken's delicious. It's it's, it. it's not it's not spicy. It's like kind of sweet mm. almost. It's like a sweet chicken. No. It's good. No. Oh, it's not. Good. You're breaking my heart, Chase Thomas. I know. Man, you're killing me. I look, you're not the first person to be dismayed at my eating habits. Like it's eggs, protein, uh, oatmeal protein, and a banana. Lunch, carrots, Greek yogurt, turkey sandwich. Greek yogurt. Then I have an apple throughout the day, and then I um, do some trail mix. You know, I'm on a Greek yogurt kick right now. It's fantastic. Greek yogurt morning, every day of the week. Because I don't eat breakfast. I was never mm. a breakfast guy, mm. but I've started like waking up like. 20 minutes earlier and then just going downstairs and making myself a bowl of yogurt. Mm-hmm. It's like my breakfast. And I sit there, have a cup of coffee and let the dog outside. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice. On. If you're starting your day with coffee and probiotic uh, yogurt, oh, I already man. know. Where, <laughs> I already know where this is going. Garrett Chapman. I already know what happens after. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'll give you the G version. It's... Yeah. There's, I, I, there's only one way that story ends. Oh man. Each and every day. Um, speaking of things that only in one way, the Nate McMillan tenure in Atlanta, it was going to end with a, with a firing. And yeah. I said on the pod, I, I did not remember before the year, you Garrett and I, I or you Max and I, <clears throat> I said, I don't think he'd make it to the end. I said in the pod, I was like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't think he's the right guy to make this all work. Like it was going to be very difficult to appease DeJounte, Trey, and just make this thing all work smoothly. Like it's just, doesn't mean it can't. But I just did not think he was going to be the guy to be able to do that. And now it looks like it's me, Quinn Snyder. And we were texting in the group chat this week where I was like, because I listened to the whole Landry Fields press conference and it it stood out to me that it was not going to be a normal coaching search where it was like, oh, they still, I got the sense that he really was serious about the end season hiring, that he was not going to just burn the rest of this year um no. and just go into it with pronti and this is like a common thing in hockey like the blues won a stanley cup when they made an in-season change uh a couple of years back like where you hire someone too yeah 
but it's weird for a lot of American, like a lot of like the pro sport, like you don't see this in the NFL ever, obviously. You don't see it um, in the NBA nearly as often. Major League Baseball doesn't really happen. But it doesn't, like, it can happen. It's just rare. I'm okay with it in this instance where it's like, look, you have a lot riding on this fit with DeJounte and Trey. Mm-hmm. You've already mortgaged a lot of picks, a lot of the future to what you have right here. You still have an opportunity to get as high as the sixth seed. I think anything else is a pipe dream at this point with 20 or so games. But when they when he said that, I was like, oh, I think I texted you. Or I was like, oh, it's going to be one of the three. Either Quinn, Becky, or Ime. Like, I, I don't think he's going to wait on Kenny Atkinson or whoever this summer. I don't think that's going to happen. And then he goes out, and it's like, quickly, it was either, I think it was Shams who immediately was like, they're in negotiations with... Quinn and they're still negotiating as of this recording on Friday afternoon and a lot of folks are like oh Quinn why would you hire Quinn for to solve some offensive issues and I was like the thing I come back to in uh, the late Jonathan Charks friend of mine um, great NBA writer he wrote a piece on the jazz a couple years ago do you remember when the jazz were the number one seed in the west mm-hmm. and his see his the the thesis of the piece was the jazz have like perfected like modern basketball like pick and roll basketball like they with gobert and donovan mitchell like they had a top of the line offense like it did not matter they had just the most efficient offense in basketball what people were wondering is like is that enough can gobert be your number two mm-hmm. on a championship contender but he won a bunch of freaking games perfecting an offense that worked for his best players so i think when people first scoff at the idea that quinn can fix this I pushed back on that. He was obviously an assistant of that mega group <laughs> Mike Budenholzer had here in Atlanta a few years back. And from my vantage point, I think this is the best hire they could have made outside of like E-Man. I did not want E-Man in Atlanta. So it's like outside of that, Becky would have been interesting. But I, the thing about Becky that made me nervous was that she's walking into a just a highly combustible situation is that really what you want your first nba head coaching job to be like tasked with fixing a win now team like i feel like if i'm a first time coach i want to do the jamal mosley to orlando mm-hmm. thing i want to do um the brett brown to philadelphia it just like i don't want to get your feet wet yes i don't want to do this um cause that's a big it's a big ask yeah and quinn's been there he's won a bunch of regular season games not as much playoff success, but again, I think that comes down to like he kind of maxed out what the Jazz could be with Gobert as your number two, and Donovan Mitchell. I don't think is a top five player in the league. I think he's top ten, top fifteen, somewhere around there. Um, number one seed in the West. Like this is, I mm-hmm. think, by all intents and purposes, I think if you're a Hawks fan today, you're excited. I think it's kind of weird for the Prunty era for the next couple nights. Like I don't know what this team's going to look like and what they're going to run and all that kind of stuff, but like. Would you agree with that with that sentiment, Garrett? Would you agree with that perspective of the Quinn hiring here? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the more I think about it, the more it, it like I talked to I was in I was in Duke doing Dukes and Bell uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week, and the more I talked to those guys about it, the more it's like yeah, like he only has what a hundred games or so to mm-hmm. be the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks with Dejounte and Dre. Assuming that they don't go and make a move at the deadline next year, mm. like we're gonna, we're we're very real, like, very realistically in a situation where it's like they got to win right now. And mm. like you like you laid out, I mean, Dejounte, they they leveraged a lot to go get him, mm. <clears throat> and uh, as it stands right now, he's it's just the team hasn't been any better. Um, and so, what do you do? You go get a guy who can make you better. And it's not like and basketball's not like football. Like you talked about like in season replacements and stuff like that. It's it, like baseball. Like you can go do it for those kinds of sports where you just kind of plug and play, and it's more like in-game decisions. Mm. That's more important than anything else. Um, it's less so about philosophy and everything else. I mean, of course, there are going to be plays that your coach sets up and calls and whatever. But look, these are professionals, and they can figure all that stuff out in practice. It's not that big a deal. Um, <clears throat> the comfort level. I, I mean, it's like I'm not expecting anything. If, if they go get Quinn Snyder, I don't expect. I mean, Michael Jordan came back in 1995, and they didn't do anything really mm-hmm. with him um, because you don't have that cohesion. You don't have the the, the teams. Not that the the, the uh, uh, what's that word? What's the word? They're they're just not set up together. They don't have the experience. Whatever like, cohesiveness. Like, cohesiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Quinn Snyder, he won't have that when he comes in. But 
it sets you up for next year. Right. And I think that's really what what this move would be. It's just to, hey, these are your guys. Generally speaking, most of these guys are going to be back. Which guys would you prefer to have back? You can actually coach them up and play with them and see what they do um, instead of rolling it out there next year and completely throwing away this season. I just I don't see them wanting to do that. I, I think Tony Ressler, he's not, he's not somebody who's willing to sit on his hands. Um, I guess one of the positive traits about Tony Ressler is he's active and he wants this team to win. Um, but the downside is he's not going to put like a lot of money in this team if they're not winning. And so he wants to see if, if Quinn Snyder can be somebody who can come in and turn it into a winner quickly. And maybe he can. I don't know. This team's very talented. They're sure, sure as hell paid like a talented basketball team. They're just not winning. And it's just motivation, whatever. Uh, maybe this is what they need, a little kick in the shorts. I didn't think Nate McMillan was going to be fired midseason. I was very surprised. I'm not, mm. I'm not surprised by the decision. I'm surprised at the timing of the decision. Um. Well, they, what did I say last week in the pod where I was like, they quit. What? Like, oh, the no, they Hornets quit. and Knicks. No, like, no, they that gave was, up. And the fact that he mentioned, I think Landry <clears throat> mentioned, like, the Charlotte and New York games. I'm pretty certain he cited them, and yeah. it was like, oh, that was it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was over. I don't know how you bring him back for those last 20 minutes, those last 20 games. It was weird. It was a weird situation just with Nate. I mean, it looked like he was, he officially, he'd made the decision that he was going to retire. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm speculating, but it, it just, I mean, he's won hundreds of basketball games he's had a fantastic nba career it's not worth it for him anymore and it's just so combustible and it's just uh, he's getting the, the results aren't showing up the players aren't getting along and it's it i can't imagine that it was a fun place to go to work every day you know so i feel like he quit and i, I don't blame him um based off of the things that i've heard about trey young hasn't been super great so i mean Look, I, I think that if they can come in and, and get a guy, I mean, this this Joe Prunty era, it's going to be two games, maybe three games, assuming that he coaches through the weekend and then Quinn mm-hmm. picks it up next week. I don't know what that timeline's going to look like. They're going to want to get him in here as soon as possible. I mean, this is probably the fastest coaching search I've ever seen. It's It's been three days, mm-hmm. and they effectively have their next coach. It's just a weird, it's a weird circumstance where you have two guys who are very qualified, just out on the open market mm-hmm. and you don't have to do anything else. You just sign them up. <laughs> and I, I love that. I love that. I think it's kind of serendipitous almost, but you know, let's see what they can do when they come in here. I, I like the idea of bringing in like a creative pick and roll guy because mm-hmm. that's what this team's bread and butter has been in the past. Yep. And Trey young is playing his best basketball. It, they're playing that high pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And he's so, so effective in that. And I'd love, I'd love to see that come in here into Atlanta. And maybe, maybe we could see them turn something around and figure something out. I mean, twenty three games. We'll see what they can do. Yeah, I think um, the winners of Quinn Snyder in Atlanta is Trey. I think Trey will be a priority, like you said, just with pick and roll basketball and him and Capella. I think you'll start to, you're going to get a bunch more of that. Well, Dejounte uh, too. And Dejounte. Yeah. Dejounte is a very adept pick and roll ball handler. I mean, we got yeah. a John Collins. I mean. This team has so many weapons that are so versatile in that way. Well, here's what I'd say. It's funny you said John Collins. I think he's a loser in this. Because if you watch those Utah teams and the spacing that Quinn is going to expect, I don't think Quinn, and maybe you won't see this in the final 20 games here in the playoffs, but like my gut tells me Quinn goes into the offseason with the plan of Trey, DeJounte, DeAndre, AJ, and um capella just because capella and trade like you just kind of have to and uh that's the five and then collins get moves on because i just the collins shot has not been there all year and i just don't he does not strike me he did that with uh Bojan and royce o'neill for at the three and the four and joe ingles and like he had three shooters surrounding donovan and rico bear in the pick and roll like that was his thing like quinn snyder prioritizes shooting and i just don't see him playing a lot of lineups that nate mcmillan was playing i think you'll see some different lineups i think if you're not shooting well like i think sadiq bay will probably have a bigger role uh on this team down the stretch i could see that uh, but like i said i think aj griffin is a big winner here i think john collins is unfortunately probably a loser i think deandre hunter's a winner i think he should be better mm-hmm. and be asked to kind of not do less but just kind of understand it's like you're just you're royce o'neill on this team like that's what you just need to be and like that's okay um and 
than DeJounte with the Mike Conley type deal where it's, he can take turns, he can close and figure it out. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a step up. I think Quinn is a better coach. He's a modern coach. Yeah. and I, He needed a modern take. Yeah. And I think it also helps that Quinn's going to be able to see this group and how they all work together for 20 games before he has to go in the offseason. Instead of just going yeah. in blind, I think at that at the very least is huge because I think... Well, it's hands-on in, instead yeah. of tape. Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much from tape. I mean, if you're actually in the field coaching these guys and seeing them in real game situations, mm. and you have you have a built-in excuse, mm. so you can try stuff. You can do you whatever learn. The hell you want. Like to. all of it's just learning. It's just like setting. That's it. That, yeah. That's it. This is this is just an extended preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's no one's fooling this team with. I mean, maybe he comes in and it just he just like, like lights the fire or whatever. I, we I mean, saw that happen get, in twenty one. We saw it happen in yeah. twenty two. We haven't seen it happen in 23 yet. Uh, that's not to say it won't. It's just time's kind of running out. I'm not optimistic. It will happen. But they turn a switch. It feels like they have that switch. That's been if the trend. If they get the Sixers in round one, that's the only one. Like, you get three Oh, if six. they get the 76ers, I would be thrilled with that. I'm not saying they would win. I still think win. the Sixers would beat them. But it might go six or seven. But they could but win some games. If they get Bucks or um, oh, they're, they're, they don't Celtics, they're, they're, they're dead, dead. Like, so yeah. that doesn't, so they basically have to get to the six. Um, but we'll see. But, I think by and large, I think if you're a Hawks fan, you look at this as a win. Yeah. And, and I, I on dopey millennials last weekend, I, I, mm. I literally was asked this question. It's mm. like, what do you see as the ceiling for this Atlanta Hawks team? And Eastern conference semifinals, they can absolutely get there. Mm. Will they? I don't think so. I think that's peak. Like that ceiling. Um, if they get any further than that, if they get the Eastern conference finals or something again, I'd be blown away. But Eastern Conference semifinals and winning a game, yeah, I think that's feasible. I mean, if they come in and Quinn Snyder just lights a fire, then great. Um, but we're just as likely. This team is just as likely to make the playoffs as they are to miss it entirely. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird situation. I think the East is just already wrapped up. Like I think it's just Bucks, Celtics in the final. Like I, I just think they're. So oh much yeah, at the top is fine. Yeah, we figured like out done. the top. Seventy yeah, Sixers are a good basketball team, but I don't, just I don't not see them. Good. No. no. James Harden's not a postseason guy. No, I don't. I don't think that's happening. Also, I don't think the Hawks are going to be 30th in three-point attempt rate with uh, Quinn Snyder. I think that's <laughs> no, probably gone. they better not be. Yeah, I think that's gone. Um, Switching gears a little bit. The Atlanta Falcons. Terry Fontenot, I'm going to ask you this question. It's a broad question. Terry Fontenot. You started saying t- Fontenot now. I am. I'm doing it for I'm you. I'm so proud of you. I, but Fontenot is such a fun one. Fontenot. <laughs> Terry Fontenot. <laughs> what do you think he would do? I'll tell if him I you did? said that. I'll what if I have him on the that. pod and I'm just like, all right, Mr. Fontenot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you he's heard it before. I bet he has. Sorry, I, didn't mean, to, I don't mean to derail. No, <laughs> I mean, ahead. I'm making a conscientious effort. Like, one day I'm going to get Troy Anderson always just immediately correct. You'll get it. I, I believe in you, man. Yeah. When he's, There's just a lot of names, man. When, you when do he goes when, when decoy because after leading the league in, in tackles. We'll see. Um, but he cannot, Terry Fontenot, cannot overlook this one thing for you this this offseason. What is it? Oh, it's hard to go wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're in a very similar situation as we were last year. Uh, the cap. Hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, because if you're, I, I know you were, I think you're looking for position group. Mm. But I'm going to give you the cap. Okay. Because we were just in a bad situation in the cap. And I, if Terry Fontenot went on set, he says he's not going to change the philosophy of this football team and the, the way that they're going to attack free agency and signing players, et cetera. Mm. Easier said than done. When you have a big big fish out there, like if you want to go get Jadavian Clowney mm. or Yannick Ngakwe or, or I don't know, uh, I, I think we'll talk about some other players, Bates, uh, like whatever, then you might have to spend some money. And that's just the that's just the case in free agency. Mm. Is Terry Fontenot going to stay cap conscious and just be aware and not just throw money at problems like the old regime did? Mm. And if he can stay in there, keep the cap in a, in a reasonable number, then I think that's a success. Uh, because you can go get he's already shown he can go get talented players on a budget. Uh, just keep those principles, expand them a little bit, keep your get your dollar signs up, but. Don't go crazy. I mean, we don't. You, you got Arthur Blank's credit card, but 
it's not an Amex Black. Like it is definitely it, it has a it has a it has a max. So just be cognizant of it. Yeah, it's closer to my kind of credit limit than there you uh, go. Uh, black. Yeah, not anywhere <laughs> close to that one. Um, I love this. So have you, you? Did you look at the Justin Mello full mock for the Falcons that I sent you? I looked at it briefly. I will okay. look at it again. I love this mock. The reason I want to talk about this mock, you and I, we love we love mocks. I love a good mock. Do you listen to Daniel Jeremiah where he cited was the deepest part of this draft this year today? Did he say quarterback? No. Okay, what did he say? Corner. Oh, Defense, yes. Yes, rusher, I have heard people saying that. And tight end. That's who he said. Is the three spots that is tight loaded with talent. The best class, the best, like where you want to focus on in this class with the best amount of talent in that of the big three. So it's tight end, corner, and edge. I think that's pretty good if you're a falcons fan and then when i looked at this draft because I, we've been trying to figure out what the falcons do at eight right yeah he has them taking joey porter jr at eight overall i think that would kind of make some falcons fans raise their eyebrows they're like well there's a lot of good pass rushers why don't we just go edge casey hayward coming off an injury there's not a lot of depth here at this corner spot you can never have too many corners penn state has developed uh the secondary really well um, over the last few years, um, they've been solid. May Diaz came in, was fine. Um, they've, they've got dudes um, in the secondary, and their defense has been strong in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. I don't hate just being like Joey Porter, AJ Terrell, we're investing two first-round picks in the corner spot. It's a passing league. Joey Porter's more of a physical type of guy. I don't hate joey porter there instead of reaching on a miles murphy or reaching on like a running back or whatever like i think it's not as sexy just being a corner from penn state but like if i had to bet on productivity and taking pressure off aj terrell to just be on an island and lock it down and just add some depth and not also put a bunch of pressure on casey hayward to need to be the dude next to aj next year i don't hate this so when i was looking at it i'm like this is not bad and then you still get an edge that a lot of folks seem to like and felix uh, Uzoma is what I'm just going to say. Um, highly productive at Kansas State, though. Um, it just, I, I don't I don't hate that. And then the only thing I don't like is Kenny McIntosh in the fourth round. I just, we got to stop drafting the Georgia running backs. They're all just complete, like Swift's now getting cut or potentially in uh, Detroit. And we already see, like, Nick Chubb's like the one outlier who's just going to keep cooking for years what? on end. But everybody else is just <laughs> out of the league at like 25. They're all cooks. And Michelle know, cooked. Todd Gurley uh, was pretty damn good. He was cooked at 25, dude. Like it was over. Like Todd Gurley was out of the. Like he had his MVP type run for two years and it was done. He was damn good, man. I'm he not was disagreeing. Really good. And then just injuries caught up to him. Can't even that's, Mc- not that's not Georgia's problem. I'm just staying away. Mm. Cedric Tillman, though. Big, big bodied receiver. The kind of guy. He's a good player. He can stay healthy. Yes. And if you, like, he seems like a Terry Fontenot type of guy, Arthur Smith type of guy, the long guys. Remember, who did they bring in who just ended up not being a factor at all? We were like, oh, what if, um, was it Brian oh, Edwards? Edwards? Yeah. Brian Edwards, or, uh, Brian Brian Edwards right? Brian, Brian Edwards. Brian. Braylon Edwards is a different player. Another big, but a big receiver. Another big player, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but what do you think of Joey Porter or a corner that they love at number one? And what do you think of the rest of this? Um... I mean, I've actually thought about it. I mean, I think we've discussed it a little bit, taking a a corner, just like with the idea that you're not, you go get the best cornerback available. Mm -hmm. You take the number one cornerback on your board. And then you, instead of like, what, the third or fourth or fifth best edge guy or defensive lineman. I mean, it's like in a situation, it's just, it's just not sexy. It's not Mm -hmm. super exciting. It doesn't really move the needle, but. Joey Porter, I think, is has a, a very good chance of having a, a long, illustrious NFL career. And I, I, eight is a little high, in my opinion, for him. Mm. At this point, if like, but the thing is, it's like if you're going to trade, if you're going to go take a cornerback, might as well trade back a little bit and get some assets if you can. If somebody's interested, like say. Uh, Anthony Richardson's still on the board, and it feels like he's spiked up draft boards, by the way, mm-hmm. which has been insane. He's so talented, but he just, you know, he's, he's a work in progress. But if you really want to go through and, and like somebody falls in love with that guy, then you he's still on the board at eight, then you can go potentially go get 
some solid picks and trade back and then still take Joey Porter. Mm. Um, it just depends, really. I, I'm I'm still of the opinion that you need to be building up the trenches on offense or defense. I like the idea of a cornerback, but this is a deep cornerback draft. And you can go back later in this in this draft and, and go find a guy like that in the second, third, fourth round. It's not as also, it's not, I mean, you also, I mean, Casey Hayward will be coming back. It's not necessarily the biggest, most pressing need for the team. We need depth at that position. I don't know if you need the first overall pick. Like, if they did this, I'd be fine. But I want to see them get bigger and better on the defensive line, especially the defensive line. And then maybe the offensive line, too, because Keely McGarry, I'm not 100% convinced, is going to be back in a Falcons uniform next year. Well, I'm not 100% convinced. I'm just not convinced yet. So you don't think Caleb McGarry gets tagged by the by See, the I did. I was like a big I was all the, all the way on board franchise tagging him. I was. And then I realized that it's 18 million dollars. So and this really, isn't a you or this isn't a you don't think the team will. This is a you wouldn't do it type of deal. Uh, I'd sign him to a smaller contract. So who gets the tag then if it's not Caleb? Nah, you don't have to tag anybody necessarily, but Yeah. Who else? Who else would even be in that position to go get a tag? That's what I don't know. You don't have to tag anybody. You don't have to. Falcons franchise tag options. Well, why? What do you think is the right number? Caleb McGarry is the only guy who I could see actually getting the tag. It's the only one that makes any sense. But mm-hmm. I don't think he will. That's all. I just think Terry. It's it's more in the Falcons' interest to sign him to a contract or let him walk. Um. One year, you saw what he was capable of. I don't. I'm not comfortable paying him 18 million dollars. He'd be the what the second highest paid person on an offensive line, behind Matthews. Do you know what the tag was not on offensive lineman in 2013? Say what? Do you know what the offensive lineman tag was in 2013? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Eight million. Very close. Nine million. Oh, how it's doubled. Mm-hmm. Kept up with inflation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think he stays around. I think they're okay I with think him. He'll I, think be here. I think he'll be here. Yeah. I think They'll sign him to a contract, though. I wonder if they still address it, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they still draft the tackle. It would not surprise me at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can go through and and the kid out of Ohio State, you know, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. I mean, there mm-hmm. are some really good tackles right there. I know there's the... Skorinski or whatever from Northwestern, however you mm. say his name. He's more of a guard, and I'm really not super excited about drafting a guard at number eight overall. I know it's a it's been an issue, but mm. I'm not taking a guard at that position. Um, I, I just still my heart is so set on trading up and grabbing like a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson. I just so desperately want that to be the case that this that's what this team does because those two guys, in my opinion, are the best players in this draft. They just they're are. just not ready. Like they're not ready to trade up. They're not like a Jalen Carter, Will Anderson away. Like I, I don't think well, this no, roster not, is deep enough to give up picks that they need to continue filling out this defense. Yeah, they need to fill out the roster. Of course they yeah. do. But the thing is, it's like the only way that I see this becoming even remotely feasible is if you have a run on quarterbacks early in this draft, which is possible. Mm. It's possible, especially with that's why I love this Anthony Richardson stuff. AR is shooting up draft boards. Will Levis is shooting up draft boards. I mean. And you have Bryce Young, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Hell, take four quarterbacks in a row. Take all four of them. And then we have five and six. I could trade up to five or six to go take one of these guys. If Jalen Carter drops to five, I'm I'm picking up the phone and I'm going and getting Jalen Carter on my team. I'm going to go get Will Anderson and put him on my team. Because this, this team needs dudes as much as it needs bodies. And I would rather have a, a dude than a body. I'm just nervous about trading up anything for a team that I still don't think is anywhere close to contending. I yeah, well, I, mean, I would be more. You will like, get I, immediately better. You will be immediately better. If I, I would rather have Jalen Carter than whoever I'm taking in the second round this year, and whoever I'm, just, I'm taking I'm with the eighth overall pick. How much? How much would it take? It's like a future fourth, a second round pick, and then a and the and then the eight overall pick for five. That's plenty. Just my philosophy though is just I don't believe in trading up unless it's like a quarterback. I just don't think you trade up unless it's a quarterback. I don't think anybody else is that worth surrendering multiple picks for in this league. Mm. I would never. I do. disagree. If it's a game changer, if it's a, if it's a guy who will make your team dramatically better, generally speaking, a quarterback is the most adept yeah. person at doing that. 
But I think Jalen Carter would have an immense impact on this football team. I don't know. I don't know how many snaps he's doing a night. I don't know. They said this. We'll see. I don't know. I just, I especially get defensive guy in this kind of league. I just, I don't know. I'd be nervous about it. Um, last but if you trade thing. to five or six, like if you, if like if you, but you see what I'm saying. I'm not saying I trade to one saying. or two or three. Like I'm not going to do that. But would you give a future first to trade up to five or six? No, you wouldn't have to give up a future. We first don't know that. that. We don't know. If you if they ask for a future first, I'm hanging up the phone. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. They're not getting a future first. They'll, they'll get this year's second, and then I don't. They give them like you can give them and a I third overall, that. A third round pick. Yeah, I wouldn't give up a second just to move up a couple spots. Second Can't might be a little rich. You can give Can't a third, and then maybe a, a third round next year. He better be good. He better be good. I'd rather sign just me keep, up. Just give me a corner. I also like Witherspoon. No, a lot. I like the corners. Devin Witherspoon. Big Ten developing corners better than uh, everybody else. Um, last thing in the Falcons though, Jesse Bates has dinner with some Falcons. Does he make sense? It's basically a foregone conclusion out of Cincinnati that he is not going to be back. Falcons have a lot of cap space. Richie Grant locked in at one spot. Jalen Hawkins is fine. But if you can upgrade there, you want to upgrade there. Jesse Bates has been really good in Cincinnati. I think that's a home run like lead guy this offseason. Like if you bring in somebody like Jesse Bates, Super Bowl player, has been really good uh, in the last few years in Cincinnati addresses an immediate need get some actual proven veteran guys that you know you can count on like the defense does not have a lot of those i love the idea of investing significant resources into jesse bates this offseason Define significant i mean long-term contract using a lot of the cap space on jesse bates like i think if he is cost a pretty penny i'm okay with prioritizing jesse bates over an edge guy or something like that i would rather especially a linebacker don't i'm not no i'm out on the linebacker thing like they already have enough and i just linebackers are just not that important to me anymore i would rather <laughs> focus it's just this league everyone runs two linebacker sets like everyone's always in their base is the nickel and i just i don't i don't value running back safety or who can run yes safety who can do a lot of different stuff and yeah. jesse bates Versatil- is versatility yes and i like that and i think he just they matter more I think a great safety matters more than a solid veteran linebacker. So give me somebody like Jesse Bates. I'm I love this idea. This would be a big one. I think it's fine if it's affordable. I, I mean, if 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 it's super exorbitant, like if it's a if, it, if it's a lucrative contract, then no, I'm out. But I mean, the biggest my biggest thing is I just want to see this defensive line get better. I, I would take a defensive a, a top flight offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, and I, I just want to dominate the trenches that's that's what i care about more than anything football at, at its core yes it's a passing league at this point sure if you have a dominant if you have the best defensive line in football you go to the super bowl that's just what it is like if you that you're that good you are at least a playoff team if you have the best defensive line in football you're in the playoffs that that covers up all of your weaknesses just about mm. i mean just i mean the philadelphia eagles at 70 what 70 sacks this year mm. 77 or 79 when it was all said and done Falcons at what, like 21? 21? I mean, their secondary was good. It was very good. That mm-hmm. defensive line was one of the best ever. And they went to the, they rode that to the Super Bowl. Of course, that and among, among other things, like their incredible offensive line. It's just such a consistent theme. Like when you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, you have Tom Brady. That helps a lot. It also helps a lot when you have a really, really good defensive line and offensive line. And you can do whatever you want with it. I'm just going to continue doing this, and and it's been the case of football for the last hundred years. Like you have a really good offensive and defensive line that makes a tremendous impact, and that's going to affect a, a team more than Jesse Bates would. Now, if he if he comes in and he, like affordable contract and fine, like I'm I'm in on that, but I'm still going to go offensive and defensive line. I just think that that's where this team improves the most quickest. I just I don't want to be hurt anymore. It's like a lot. It's it's been a very hurtful relationship in terms of me and the Atlanta Falcons pass rush. I, it's a relationship that I don't really want to be in anymore. I pounded my head against the wall for a decade. Yeah, I just. I've, you I can feel only like go through so the, many we've Jamal said the Andersons. Same thing yeah. every single off season. Like Ray Edwards, Jamal Andersons. We've been through too many. Where Osum and Yura. Yeah, I just. I'd rather if I have in my like the best case scenario for me is I, you know what? You could tell me on 
let's just really invest in the secondary and the offensive line. And then I'm like, all right, if we just say, hey, if we ever develop even an average off- defensive line, great. Average pass rush, great. But we are going to have just this legion of boom secondary. Like, we're just going to have a great, great, nobody, no fly zone secondary, and the offensive line is pulverizing people. I'm okay with that. That might bring me more peace. I think it would bring a lot more Falcons fans peace. Instead of just being like, we're addressing the defensive line this summer. And then I'm like, are <sighs> I'd you? I'd like to see them just address the yeah. defensive line. I'd love that. I'm looking up. To, so how many, many sacks did the Seahawks have in 20, 2016? A lot. I mean, Cliff Averill was there. Um, who else was still? Michael Bennett. Um, still pretty good. They were, they were pretty solid. Um, the Braves. Kirby Yates will bounce back this year. True or false, Garrett? Is he healthy? Well, what do you think? Do you think he's healthy? No. <laughs> he, I mean, he came in and uh, he was going to make a million. So he was never really supposed to be healthy last year. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't. I mean, that was not the plan for him to be healthy. Um, I think he had he appeared in, what, nine games maybe? Eight games, something like that. He was a good player. I mean, he was mm. f- fine. Um, he had six strikeouts last year. When he is healthy, he's really damn good. Uh, he just had the injury in 2021, didn't play, and then 2022, he appeared in nine games and didn't really have a full ramp-up period and wasn't really a focal point of this team. I mean, he's also 35 years old, um, or 36, I guess, this year. So we'll see We'll see what he can actually do. I, I expect him to be better. Mm. He doesn't have to be super great, but... I mean, they, the Braves kind of knew what they were getting into. When they, when they signed him to this contract, I think 2022, he was supposed to make a million dollars. And then in, this, in 2023, he's making $6 million. So that screen, and then he has the option for 2024. Mm. That screams to me that they knew that he was not going to be involved in 2022. And 2023, they were going to ramp him up and play him like normal. Um, and he's been largely effective throughout the, mo- the majority of his career. I mean, this guy was a legitimate Cy Young candidate when he was playing in San Diego. Um, he was an all-star. It was the only all-star appearance of his career, but uh, he's been very good out of the bullpen. And I think that having more consistent guys like that in your bullpen, it's only going to be better. Um, but if we can get, I don't know, 50 innings of work out of him, time me up for that. I'm happy with that because this team, this this bullpen has so much depth. Joe Jimenez, or Jimenez is going to be a stud for this team as the new setup man. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited. I mean, like, we lost a lot of depth. We lost some guys. Mm. And I think that Kirby Ace is going to be a guy who's going to come in and fill that void. Like, Luke, so you're not worried about the, the bullpen gone. at all. I'm going to miss him. You're feeling good about the bullpen. I feel fine about the bullpen. I mean, like, this is, I, I think it's it's not the one that we had in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is still a very competent bullpen. It's still one of the five best in Major League Baseball. I would tend to agree. Um... Yeah. So anything the, I get from Kirby is gravy, really. Yeah. What I think is interesting, and I don't know if this is on a lot of people's radar, like I saw him strike out Acuna uh, today. I think uh, there was a video floating around, which is cool. But um, Acuna, I think, rocketed one off um, Max Freed uh, at one point, too. But, that was because of the pitch clock, by the way. Was it? Did you hear that? No. So Max Freed was, uh, they've been, he's, all, of, all the pitchers have been pitching with pitch clocks. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Max got to a spot late in a pitch clock and then uh. just sort of threw a panic pitch. And uh, Ronald just... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to happen a lot this year. It might early. Early in the season. After we get kind of used to it, they're going to get used to it. Yeah. And I think it's gonna they're going to figure... They're pros. I'm, I'm not, saying like bullpen guys are probably... Because they're not in all the time, so they don't get that rhythm maybe. of being used to it where they come in and they're not yeah. used to the high-pressure situation and with the pitch clock that they throw some some silly stuff and just get <laughs> wrecked. Yeah. Hmm. I think scoring's going to definitely be up this year. I think scoring's up. I'm fine with that. Cuz the offense was down significantly. The offense was bad last year across the sport. Offense was yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the Braves will be they uh I mean, they go get Sean Murphy and I think that was forward thinking. Mhm. Because I mean, did you see the videos of that man throwing? Mhm. That guy's got a cannon. Mhm. Oh, oh man, he's going to be great. Uh, and because you have the pickoff, the new pickoff rules, yeah. you have the bigger bases. You're going to see more stolen bases as a result, mm. and so you have 
he's probably he's right there with like JT Realmuto and like these other guys, like just the really, really, really good defensive catchers who can come up and do he can throw anybody out. Is Darno so, attached to anybody? Sorry? Is Darno attached to any pitcher? Like they're like they I want only want to throw to Darno. He was last year. We'll see what happens this, this year. year. I'm not I haven't yeah. heard one way or the other if he's gonna be that way this year. Mm-hmm. Um I can ask some folks for it, but I mean I haven't yeah, I, I wonder if Darno I, I feel like is that's like, just going to be something that emerges as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, but Travis, Travis is going to, he's going to play. Sean Murphy's not going to play every day. It's not going to mm-hmm. be an everyday kind of situation. I'd say that it's going to be two days on, one day off, mm-hmm. I would assume. And then Travis is one day on, one day DH, one day off, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm speculating. I'm just guessing. Um, there's going to be a plan with those two. That's going to be some form of rotation. But Travis... He doesn't throw the ball down very well. It's not his strength. Mm. Uh, he's good. He's good at managing a game, but he's not very good at throwing people out if he needs to. And that though, that extra ninety feet is a big deal. Yeah. So uh, having Sean Murphy back there behind the plate is going to be a, a welcomed addition. Yeah. When steals are up, you don't want Darno back there every yeah. single. We might have two guys who go for forty steals this year. Hmm. Who? Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna. Who'd you say first? Michael Harris. Oh, yeah, I guess Michael. Yeah. He had 20 steals last year. Yeah. And he played 100 games, 109 games. He had 20 steals. No, he'll, he can go for 40. Yeah. Because he'll be hitting, he'll probably jump into that two spot. You don't think Matt Olson hits 40 steals? No, probably not. No. If he has two steals, I'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen that man run? Yeah, I've seen him. I don't think he's hitting 40. Um, 40 dingers though. I can cool. see him That's what we dingers. want out of Matt Olson. Not 40 stolen bases. We want 40 <laughs> if you have 40 stolen bases out of Matt Olson, then uh, well, I don't know what to tell you. I That's really some legendary not. stuff right there. 40 stolen bases. That would be incredible. Um, when you look at uh, Spencer Strider, number 99 now. Stud. MLB.com had a good piece outlining like who's most likely to lead the league in case. Spencer Strider is up there at number two. It's like him, it's Garrett Cole, it's Carlos Rodon. But Strider is there, and it's kind of wild that he's just, folks are penciling him in. Like, that's NL Cy Young candidate territory. But you watch him. I mean, that was the thing about him last year. You just kept waiting for the strikeout stuff to go away. I mean, he's a two-pitch guy, and it just doesn't matter. The heat and the slider is all he does, and it just hasn't mattered. Like, do you see that as a possibility? Do you think Strider could lead the league in strikeouts this year? Yeah, absolutely he could. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he'll be on that short list. If he stays healthy and does everything the full season, if he if he picks up where he left off last year, mm-hmm. he had, like, what, a 38% strikeout or K rate? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he's going to come in and he's going to do big things. And, I mean, I I was like you. I, I was I kind of kept waiting for the drop-off. You know, like, because rookies aren't supposed to be that good. Mm. You're not supposed to come into the major leagues and, and just be that good that quickly. And it just never came. And it's because he throws triple digits for the course of an entire baseball game. And his slider is killer. It's a put-out pitch. And he does, so, oh, God, it's so good. And it's it, what he's been able to do in such a short period of time, it's just been incredible to watch. And he was second in the rookie of the year voting, which is just as, it was equally as crazy. Just what Michael Harris was doing last year. I mean, I, I can absolutely see him getting it. I'd, I'd be kind of surprised to see him get that mark, but mm. he'll be high on the list. I mean, the dude just continued. He just struck people. He was getting 9, 10, 11 strikeout games just casually. It was crazy. I think he's the best pitcher, right? Like, on the Braves? Yeah. Max Reed's the best pitcher on the Braves. I think it's Strider. Strider had periods where he was the best player. The best I think people are just player, scared to pitcher. say Strider. And I'm like, I think it's Strider. Like, I think Strider... It was the same conversation people had. I mean, if he comes out and does what he did last year again... Yeah. He'll certainly be the most electric pitcher that this team has. Yeah. What do you think is I mean, the that's, opening... That's kind of like, a, that's kind of like a, a Freddie Freeman versus Ronald Acuna argument back in, like, 21. Hmm. You know? Hey, who's your best player? It's a good problem to have. Yeah. It's an interesting discussion. Just different. I would still say Freeman, but yeah, you could say me either way. So. Yeah. Hey, Freeman is Max Freed. Yeah. There you go. See what I did. Um, last phrase thing. And uh, we'll wrap up here. 
Will it have been a mistake that the Braves did not sign Elvis Andrews, who ended up going to the White Sox on a one-year deal? What do you think? I think the Braves are in, in a fine situation. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just look at it. What as, do you think? It's so funny because Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves front office, and the Braves player development deserve a lot of credit. They deserve the benefit of the doubt most of the time. But for every Michael Harris, there's a Christian Pache. Forever Austin Riley, there's a Shea Langoliers. For every this person, uh, Drew Waters. For every Ronda Cunha, what are they there's for every for? Max Fried. There's a Colby Allard. Yeah, but the I'm thing saying, is, the difference yeah. is, the difference is, is not that there there are misses. There, are, the difference is, is Alex Anthopoulos hits so often. So I, he yeah. has my absolute trust. He does too, in a general sense, yeah. but he has missed. Giozuna sure. extension and signing was a miss like that was an objective miss eddie rosario being brought back last year was a miss um i just wonder von grissom worked with ron washington offseason we're all rooting for von grissom to work out at short sure i just i don't know elvis andrews would have been nice to have as like a fail safe like i'm not as like for what it costs to bring in elvis andrews he has some pop in his bat a veteran I just would have felt a little bit better because you are going to be, you can't wait on Vaughn. That's the problem for him is you're not going to, it's the James Wiseman type deal in, in Golden State to an extent where the Braves have not lost to NLE since Alex Anthopoulos has taken over. The Mets were in first for the majority of last year. They got better this year. The Phillies just went to the World Series. I just think this is going to be such a competitive division at the top that if Von Grissom's in struggling for two to three months, hard decisions are going to be have to be made because you're like, we can't just wait on this kid, unfortunately, because we are trying to wait. Like, if he's having trouble in the field and he's just airs and the Braves are like six games back, seven games back at the Mets or something in May, and you're like, okay, we're starting to pattern. Or it's like 10 games in June, and you're like, mm, and Vaughn's just not not working out and there's a significant drop off from what we saw from 2022 dansby to 2023 vaughn i just there's gonna be a lot of pressure on this kid and i just kind of worry that there's no veteran fallback option like an elvis andrews who wouldn't have cost a lot i just maybe he didn't want to sign up for that because he knew he would be backing up vaughn i don't know but i just i am a little concerned because i think if i had to say like one way or the other vaughn works at it long term at short like over 50%, under 50%. I would say under. Because um, they've hit on a lot. They've hit on a lot of these dudes. And Vaughn's not like some premier prospect. It's not like he was number one in the draft or anything like that. No. Late round guy. Pop for him. The bat flashed last year. But we haven't seen it. Shortstop. He's big. It's one full offseason with Ron Washington. And they're like, good to go. Dancy's been playing Ron short for magic. a really long time. And um, it's been a good defensive shortstop for a really long time. I just... I think it's just asking too much of the kid. Like I just, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to end up feeling bad well, for him this year. I, I, we're not asking him to come in and be Dansby Swanson. We're asking him to come in and be. He can't be much worse. <laughs> he can be. I, I think because they can replace the wins elsewhere. Where? I mean, we talked to Alex Anthopoulos in the station. We talked to Alex Anthopoulos earlier, and, mm. and he says he's he said very bluntly that he's like un, unasked. We didn't even ask him. He's not afraid to send Vaughn down to AAA. Mm-hmm. But then he's who are you bringing up? Because we like, have the options left. Like we who? can do it if we need to. Who's playing short in that scenario? Heredia. That's not. No, it's fine. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's not, not fine. very That's disaster. good. That's disaster. That's not disaster. Disaster is if if eh. there is a there is a scenario in which this does not end well. Yeah. And I, I think that adding more depth at shortstop would have been optimal. I think mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I also believe that we were in the situation with Austin Riley. And we had the bad season with Austin Riley, and and look, people people wanted to to upgrade there too. Sometimes I mean, you we just were getting gotta, nervous. There was a you, long you track because you have to look at it. You can't look at it. We're we're all only looking at 2023. Yeah, the, the, Alex Anthopoulos' job is to look at it for 2023, 2024, and every year beyond. Mm. Who gives you the best chance to win, Elvis Andrews or a or, or Vaughn Grisham? 
I think Alex right Anderson. now I'm saying Von Grisham over the course of that period of time. I don't know. Maybe. Elvis Andrews is also 35 years old. 33. Is he 30, 34? No, he's, th- oh, he was lo- 33 last year. Let me look. When's his birthday? Know. I'm pretty sure he's, th- oh, he just turned 34. Just turned okay. 34. So, or last August, he turned 34. Yeah. Right around but the corner. Fine. The, but there's, the first thing to go is your, mm. is your defense at shortstop. And I don't know what Elvis Andrews was going to give you outside of it. He was just Mr. Consistency. That's fine. That's okay. This this is as much a play for upside as it is a play for this season and, and trying to and mitigating your, your, your risks. I, I think that Heredia is pure and simple. Just, I don't know, the worst case scenario. Hmm. Like Von Grisham doesn't work. Fine. Send him AAA. Let him get some figure, figure some things out. Figure it out at the trade deadline. Go pull in some utility guy. It's not yeah. optimal. I don't think it's great. And hopefully that's not what the Braves have to do. But I, I also don't expect... Von, I'm not expecting Von Grisham to do anything more than come in here and hit 250 and maybe hit 15 home runs and 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 steal a couple bases and, and get on base 35% of the time. That's fine. His defense has got to be good, though. His defense just has to be baseline. If he's baseline, fine. That's then the Braves are fine because Ronald Acuna is coming back. He's going to help with that win share. Mm-hmm. You have Ozzy Albies is coming back. He's going to help with that win share. Uh, like Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, even those guys even come regress to, to the mean even just a little bit. Like if they come back and are just closer to what they were in 2021, which is just average, Marcelo's case in 2020, then this team is more than more than enough elsewhere to go pick up some wins. I'm not putting it all in Vaughn. Vaughn's yeah. not Vaughn's not going to make or break this season. He would have to be dis- a disaster to do that. He plays he plays an extremely important defensive position, so he mm-hmm. has to be good and he has to be competent. But Ron Washington, I, I trust what Ron Washington can do. He he's worked wonders before. I mean, like he's consistently produced elite defensive infields. He's done it time and again. And I, I think if he's coming out, he's been raving about Von Grisham all offseason, and he doesn't do that very often. So. I think we'll be fine. I, I just think he all he's got to do is be average, be average, and you're and that's fine. Yeah, let's see. I, yeah, it's, it's definitely a we'll see. I mean, it's definitely a we'll see. I just, I I feel bad for the kid. There's just going to be a lot of pressure on him right out of the gate. They're but he's not going to be. A, but for, he's not in a Dansby situation. Like Dansby, when Dansby was coming up, Dansby was expected to be the face of the franchise. Like Austin Riley was like, hey, this team, like this team is trying to win a World Series and. You got to figure this out and get be better, and you're going to come in and hit third and fourth or whatever. What? No, Vaughn's not coming in and expected to do that. He's going to come in and he's going to bat ninth. Mm. He'll be fine. I think they'll end up. I think they'll end up wishing they had just locked up Dansby. It's my gut. That's my gut. Maybe. Maybe. It was the years. Yeah. We'll Give see. Years. Yeah, it's definitely we'll see. Garrett Chapman, what can the good folks check out from you over at 99 The Game this week? 247 Sports. What do you want to plug as we wrap up for tonight? Oh, we got a busy day on Sunday. So I get a day mm. off on Saturday, but, you know, back to work, back to the grind on uh, Sunday. We got a show. So there come check it out. 12 o'clock. Come on through. There you go. You and Caleb Johnson? No, I'm actually just, I'm just on board. I'm helping okay. out with uh, Mark Zeno. He's oh. Gonna come yeah. Is he back? Full time? Not full time. Okay. Part Zeno back. Is it Zeno. A to Z again? Is it still A to Z? A to Z? Yeah. There you go. Mark Zeno. Yes, sir. Good guy. Yeah, there you go. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. And uh, I will talk to you next week. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um, pleasantness you're smart 
So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.